Recorded live. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Softball Zone radio show. Uh, tonight should be an interesting show. we got a special guest tonight, uh, Brittany Duncan, who will be calling in later. And, uh, of course, me and Jeff, we just got back from uh, doing uh, uh, broadcasting in uh, Buffalo, New York. Jeff, did you have a good time? Oh, great time. Great time. I uh, enjoyed the... Uh... Enjoyed some of the sights up there and saw some good softball and uh, had, had a really good time. Hey, did you actually get your voice back? I know uh, if anybody got a chance <laughs> to uh, listen, Jeff, you was pretty well coarse at the end of the game. Uh, that was actually a pretty exciting ending that actually caught me off guard. I actually was kind of surprised that game turned the way it did. Yeah, it was definitely of the games we broadcasted so far. That was the uh, kind of the closest, uh, I thought the most exciting one, the uh, – uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later on, but uh, yeah, I got caught up there in that uh, in the bottom of the sixth inning, and uh, yeah, with the tuck in the seventh, and I had a little bit of a raspy sound in my voice there. So, uh, but it was, yeah, I had a really good time. Yeah, now we're trying a little bit something different tonight. So, uh, John Kelly, be patient there. I'm gonna go ahead and bring John Kelly on. That John, how are you doing tonight? John Kelly, you want to check in from the West Coast? Hey, hey, uh, Ricky, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> hey, we're doing okay. We're trying something a little different. Uh, I, I know you might not be aware, John, but we had, uh, I guess I want to say, some Howard Stern wannabes that uh, broke in during the broadcast of our game. And uh, so, oh, wow. so we had to uh, – I had a little issue with the Wi-Fi connection there on the field, we were so far away from their connection that we were unable to actually uh, get a connection to monitor the show. So I was unable to mute people or unmute people, as you know, I seen fit uh, during the show. So uh, I had to actually go and walk away from the game, run and find out a good hot spot so I could get everything, uh, um, you know, get all the people booted off that wanted to be turned, pretend like they were Howard Stern. Joe, I see you there. I got you on hold. I'll, I'll get to you here in a moment. But what we're doing today is we're basically only bringing on the people that we want on because we found out that we can't never do that again, can we, Jeff? Uh, no, we can't, Ricky. That was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was uh, it, it was it was the longest six or se- one of the longest six or seven minutes of my life while that was going on. I felt really, really badly for the listeners. I felt, I felt badly for you know for Dave that asked us to come up and do that. Um, I, I have to admit there were some parts of it that were slightly humorous when I listened to it later, but for the most part, I was just upset about it. Uh, I know you're going to have to uh, basically cut out the whole second inning because uh, that's basically how long it lasted was the uh, was the second inning. So uh, we just had people calling in and. Actually, to be honest with you, it sounded like some of them might have been from maybe like Australia or somewhere, uh, and uh, they were um, they were started re- kind of by repeating what I was saying, and then they kind of turned it into you know a horse racing call. They started they used a lot of four letter words. They uh, at some point I called them idiots, and they called me a name back, and it just uh, <laughs> I was I was quite relieved when. Uh, uh, when Ricky was able to get them uh, muted and, and off the show here and things get back to normal. 
Mm. Now, I tell you what, I was listening to that, and if if you would just, now this is the truth, if you would have took away the four-letter words they had used, I mean, I'll be quite honest with you, there was a couple things in there that almost matched perfectly with your broadcast, and I, you know, I caught myself laughing, especially the racing one, where they're like, they're turning around the turn, they're coming for the home stretch, because you was like, she's going to make it all the way, and they're like, I like, well, that actually was kind of funny, but of course, you notice that I never really seen a lot of cussing until that girl joined them. That's when it seemed like a little bit more cussing went on. But, yeah, I mean, it's a shame that happened. And, uh, you know, but anyway, let me down bring Joe in. Joe's out here waiting. And, hi, Joe, how are you doing tonight? I just unmuted you there, sir. Hey, Ricky, I, I happened to be listening during that, too. And just oh, like no. you said, I mean, for a little <laughs> bit there, it was pretty funny. I was laughing. I mean, if, if, I mean, if if that was not an Australian or English accent, it was a pretty good imitation of it. And uh, you know, it didn't even sound like a kid; it sounded like an adult. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, some of it was kind of funny, but you know, then they kept going on and on. It got old pretty quick. And then the then you know the the four letter words and you know the bad four letter words and you know so that got ridiculous. And yeah, you had to feel bad. I felt bad for Jeff. And especially those girls in the game and their parents. I mean, they want to have that, you know, for posterity's sake. And then now you got to cut out the second inning. And you know, what kind of a moron is going to get on there and do that? So, yeah, that's how come. That's how come we're doing things a little different now, Joe. Me and Jeff have actually talked quite a bit. In fact, I got quite a few emails today from Jeff talking about this very subject. That you know, there's no way we can broadcast somewhere and not be hooked up with the computer on a Wi-Fi. We just can't do it. Because it just can ruin the whole thing. I mean, my gosh, Jeff, I would have been, I'd have tears in my eyes coming home if we'd been broadcasting Orville and had something like that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I, I felt bad because you know, there was definitely, you know, there wasn't probably a ton. We were in New York. There wasn't a ton of people probably that knew about us. I know, though, you know, Dave and uh, Dave, I guess it might be listening in today, but I know he, you know, he had, he's helped to advertise the site and advertise the facts we were doing it and, and no, no doubt, you know, some people definitely saw us there. We had kind of uh, nice uh, seats there down to, down the third base, kind of just outside the one team's dugout. And I'm sure, you know, there was definitely some people listening in, uh, as you know, and probably some people from back home that couldn't be at the game, grandparents or whatever the case may be. And to hear all that uh, just uh, uh, was unfortunate. So, Right. Now, we are expecting Brittany. She sent me a text message, and my gosh, I, I hope I replied to her telling her okay but she was she was on her way home from giving uh hitting lessons and she's going to be calling in tonight now she actually has we got her set up just like uh joe and uh john and uh i think you actually set your account up yourself didn't you jeff on talk show i think i did i think i did originally yeah 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 so we actually did that with Brittany, got her all set up so when she calls in we'll actually see her she's going to use the same username that she uses on the form and I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, you know, we've been trying to uh, uh, see if we can find players or players involved in the game to get more involved and stuff. And, you know, she's going to come on tonight on a little trial and see how things work out. So, but anyway, now I know we have another caller from Ohio. I'm almost afraid to – I do know where two of the phone callers were from because I looked at it when I was double-checking it. But let's see who this where Ohio caller is. Where were they from? Uh, one, was from one was from California, and oh. somebody was somebody was from California, 
Another one was from New Jersey. And the other one, I actually was able to see their username. It was some, like, just a bunch of numbers, random numbers and stuff like that uh, that they had used all together. So, but, yeah, we didn't. There was nobody from Ohio or uh, New York or, you know, somewhere where, you know, you might have thought someone could have been pulling a prank like that. But, anyway, let's see who this I just want to make sure that. We didn't miss something here and uh, might have messed up right now. So I, I, we have. One, I know that we have. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say I know that SW Ohio is just somebody calling in to listen and not not interested in talking. But uh. well, we do have another Ohio caller, and I have yeah. no idea who it is. Who's the other Ohio caller? Here. If you're if you're interested in talking, speak now, or or, or we'll put you on mute. That's fine. Either way. All right. All right. We're just gonna go ahead and mute that that caller. So, because if Brittany uh, does everything, you know, and I called her today, and we talked over a lot of things about you know doing the show and stuff like that. So, I'm feeling pretty good. So, Joe, what have you been up to, my man? Um, let's see. What is today? Tuesday. I went over last Wednesday to Elgin, Illinois, you know, Chicago, and was at the Sparks tournament Thursday, Friday, and of course we had rain both days and. Uh, then I went to Toledo for a PGF tournament Saturday, Sunday, and we had some rain on Saturday. And then I've been back at Hillsdale. Now I got to hire an assistant coach. It's a pain in the rear end. So I spent six hours on the phone last night doing phone interviews. How come I just don't picture you being that type of individual? Really enjoys that process. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't like the phone interviews. I don't mind doing interviews on campus, but my my interviews are different. They're not formal. I Basically, I want to find out, are you going to be a hard worker? Are you going to be a pain in my butt? And am I going to be able to get along with you? And or and is our team going to like you? If I can get those four answers, four questions answered, everything else is fine. So, But uh, it's a lot of work to hire somebody, for crying out loud. No doubt. You know, Joe, if you really would have been really slick about it, you'd have... Asked Aaron, could you just do one more thing before you leave? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> find my find my replacement for you, right? Uh, yeah, that uh, actually, she kind of is wrapping up things today in the office, so wrapping things up. Uh, yeah, anyway, that, so, that's what I've been up to. And John, what have you been up to for the? You know, I didn't really get a chance to let you say much, but what have you been <laughs> up to for last week? I uh, was up in uh, Reno and uh, beautiful Lake Tahoe for the Triple Crown National Tournament uh, last week. It's um, If you're not familiar with that, Triple Crown has a national ranking of clubs, and it's basically by invitation only. And so I was up there, um, unusually so, but up there just to handle recruiting and not have to be – even though I ended up being on the field and coaching a third base for the 18 gold – when it got too hot, our head guy said, okay, you, you go coach third base. We were playing on all turf fields. It got probably 125 degrees on the turf. Oh. A little a little toasty. Uh, but uh, Lake Tahoe was beautiful. was with the 16 team up there for a few days. And uh, not a lot of coaches. I know it's the end of the recruiting cycle, so a little disappointed in that. But I uh, got to see some great softball and uh, see some of my college coaching buddies and some of our travel coaching buddies. Um, so it was a good week. How far is uh, how far is uh, Lake Tahoe from Lake Elsinore? 
Lake Tahoe is up uh, really, it's about 30 miles east of, east and south, I guess, not east, west, southwest or west of Reno. So it's really, you know, northern 20% of California where Lake Elsinore is in Riverside right. County. It's, yeah, so it's probably, you know, seven hours between the two. Yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of fond memories of Lake Elsinore, but we'll talk about that in another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so well, that's great. Now, John, uh, you know, usually we don't really kick into anything with you right away in the show, but I was just wondering, you know, we're, we're we wanted to spend a little time. We're going to be talking about tryouts in this uh, program tonight, and you know, we kind of did this last year too, about this time of year. Uh, I would like to know, is there any mental tips or anything you could give, uh, you know, I don't know if it should be towards the parents or to the the athletes, to be honest with you, for the tryout uh, period, the tryout season. Uh, do you got some mental tips uh, you want to pass along to uh, anybody getting ready to try out? It's funny because I, as I think you all know, I work with uh, quite a few athletes around the country um, via Skype to do mental training with them, and I confirmed a lesson with a young lady in Virginia um, with her mom earlier today for Thursday. And she said, yes, so-and-so, my daughter's got tryouts coming up this Saturday, and I know she's really anxious about them. So it's good timing for that. Uh, We're not quite there out here yet. I think most of the uh, our organization does tryouts about the middle of August. PGF has moved their 16 and 14 nationals back to the first week of August because the recruiting cycle starts again for at least for Division One. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of organizations are starting tryouts, and it and it always is a time of great anxiety uh, for a number of reasons for both parents um, and the athletes themselves. Um, you know, tips are always the same to go in and try to play at a at a level that you can perform your best. You know, all of us being coaches at one time or another, and, you know, Joe's really out there watching tryouts every time he goes to a showcase. So I constantly deal with that with our players and our organization. Uh, but the younger kids, you know, I think the best way to approach that is just to relax. And the parents sometimes can be um, – the greatest detriment to a kid having a good tryout because they get the kids so pumped up and they want to play for a certain team and they want to impress a certain coach. And, uh, you know, ultimately the same as the college coaches, and Joe, I'm sure it's the same for you as the coaches I talk to. When we're out watching kids and travel, we're not necessarily looking for them to hit home runs every time they swing the bat or be perfect in the field. We're looking for skill sets. We're looking for attitude you know so the first thing I always tell kids preparing for tryouts is one don't expect to be perfect because coaches don't really expect you to be perfect it's a game of imperfection they're looking for you know things like quick feet and soft hands and looking for quickness and looking for things that tell them you know how to play the game a lot of what I tell kids to do a lot, which really helps to cut some of the anxiety and the nerves they have, is to go up and introduce yourself to the coaches, you know, either before tryouts or, or during tryouts. And that really makes a big impact on me when a young kid, whether they're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, come up and introduce themselves. 
shows me they have a lot of um, confidence in themselves. And sometimes when you realize the coaches aren't, you know, really trying to judge you in a negative way, they're looking to see, uh, you know, what your strengths are, that can kind of cut some of the anxiety if you go up and just introduce yourself to the coach. Oftentimes the kid is going to a new organization, they don't know anybody, and we know girls particularly are a lot more effective uh, feeling good about themselves when they're around kids they know. So if your athlete is going to a new organization or a team, they don't really know anybody, um, have your have your have your daughter you know again reach out and try to uh, meet a couple of the kids uh, before you start uh, uh, the tryout or during during stretching and during warmups. So it kind of cuts a little bit of that pressure off if you if you meet somebody that that allows uh, you know the athlete to be more relaxed and play better. Um, the biggest thing to me doing tryouts is just to have fun, and hopefully if you're going to try out for a team, you're going to try out for multiple teams. If you're a kid who's been with the same organization for years or you're younger and you haven't done a lot of tryouts, go try out for three or four or five different teams. If only just to build experience so that you are more relaxed when you go do a tryout because ultimately, and we've all seen it, it's terrible to see a kid that you know. And, and for our tryouts, if I see a kid that I know is just super wound up, super tight, super nervous, I'll go pull her aside and crack a few jokes and try to get her to relax and calm down because we want to see them play their best. And if they're really wound up, they're not going to be their best, and you're not going to see them, you know, playing at a level that may give you an opportunity to say, hey, that kid's, you know, pretty good. I want to take a look at her. So the best advice I can give is to not get your kid too amped up, not get them expectations of playing great. Uh, just go through and have fun. And the more relaxed any athlete can play, the more that natural talent they have is going to flow uh, without resistance and without and without limitation. And, um, you know, enjoy the process. If you enjoy the process, it's going to be a lot easier than, go, you know, oh, i got to make this team. i got to impress this coach or my life is over, you know. And I hear a lot of kids kind of say that, and that isn't the right way to approach tryouts. So just relax, have fun, take it in a stride, and, um you know, let it let it do what it does. You don't play well a certain Saturday, then go to the next tryout. You know. Hey, one of the uh, questions. Go ahead. One of the questions yeah. we had online, and this could be for John or any of the any of the any of the hosts here, I guess. Says, uh, what are some red flags when coaches are observing parents at tryouts? Well, that's a good one. Um, we don't really pay a lot of attention to the parents at tryouts, but sometimes it's unavoidable. If we see a parent, uh, I think it's always that the parent is coaching the kid through the fence. So we, of course, hate that. Um, nothing is more irritating to me. I think I mentioned last show I was up in Colorado and saw, I mean, at a, at a 16-year-old level, I saw a girl on second base. Uh, her dad was coaching her from the stands, and I saw her looking up at her dad during the game. So any kind of coaching through the fence is not a good thing. Uh, we don't really like it when the parents are carrying their kids' bags. We want to see their kids carrying their own stuff. Um, and uh, but also tryouts. I respect when a coach, when a parent comes up to us to ask questions about the organization and about how many kids you're going to carry in the roster and if it's a showcase level team, you know, what are the plans for recruiting that kind of stuff. Parents should be proactive and ask the right kind of questions to coaches before or after. But not during. Dur during tryouts, 
let your kid play and just be quiet and just, and just watch. So I'd say the biggest red flag is trying to coach through the fence. Hey, hey Joe, I know you, uh, you know, you ran a travel organization for quite a few years. Uh, any, uh, yeah, you want to answer that question? Any other, yeah, any other thoughts? In addition to what John said, um, parents, it's almost always dads, um, who want to tell you about how great their daughter is. Meanwhile, their daughter's <laughs> out there trying out. It's like, well, wait yeah. a second, I'm standing here watching her. You know, <laughs> you don't need yeah. to tell me how great she is. <laughs> I'm, you know, it, any parents out there listening, that's not going to do you any good at all because we're not going to take a girl on our team because you say she's great. We're going to watch her try out. And if she is great, we'll see it. So yeah, it's the same thing for college recruiting, too. It's a, you yeah. know no different. You've got to listen to a parent tell you how sit in the office and tell you how great his or her his daughter is. Meanwhile, we're watching them play. I mean, you know, um, and and you know, the, the things that John said about the t- the right type of questions, those are good. Um, but, uh, yes, really those are the two main red flags, the, the coaching through the fence and all that, and them telling you nonstop about how great their daughter is. I mean, that's, it, when I um, coached travel ball and, and ran the organization and ran the tryouts, when, when, uh, when it was not my age group that I was coaching do it, um, at the tryouts, and when the other age groups were trying out, I'd go around and talk to all the girls, I'd talk to all the parents, and I, I'd talk to everybody there. And, you know, from the parents, if I get a real bad vibe, you know, I would let the coach of that team know, hey, you get a little red flag here. So mm-hmm. um, so that, that stuff's in, and the parents can probably do more to ruin it for the girl at a tryout than, than, they, than they can to, you know, enhance things. I mean, they best enhance things by asking a few good questions, and just sitting there and watching and leaving it at that. Yeah, you know, I, 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 in, um, go ahead, Jess. I was wondering if you wanted to bring in Brittany, maybe and we could ask her that question as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I think, Brittany, I think we're going to – we had a plan how we were going to do this, but we're just going to go with it because that's how I do everything anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway, number 45, Brittany Deccan is with us. Right now she's muted, so I'm going to unmute Brittany, and I do believe this is Brittany. Is that you, number 45? I'm here. Well, Brittany, first off, I want to welcome you to the Softball Zone radio show. We have Jeff Baker. Oh, you're welcome. And we have (laughs) Jeff Baker, John Kelly, Joe Abrams on here. Uh, Anyway, guys, go ahead and say hi. Hey, Brittany. Hi. Hi, Brittany. (laughs) Nice to, anyway. actually have a, nice to actually have a player on with us here. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is nice to have a player on us. With Brittany, you know, uh, um, we talked a little bit today and, uh, you know, about a couple of different things. So, you know, I ain't gonna, I, I know everyone that's on the show, they probably don't want to listen to us anyway. They'd rather listen to a Division One college player uh, talk than to listen to us, I think. But anyway, you know, you start out the season – your very first game with the big home run, right? Right. The, the, right out of the bag this year. And, uh, you know, you played for the Louisville Cardinals. Now, didn't they just redo their stadium down there and just revamp that whole place? Yes. Yeah, so since we went to the ACC, um, a lot bigger program, you know, they shed more money our way. So they added uh, more seating, and they also put in a press box. 
we had, I think, 11 games that were on TV this year. So that's doubled what we had last year. So they definitely had to put in a place for media, especially ESPN3, which is on the computer. So they had to build all the stands for the guys to come in. They built us our press box. Um, you can put restrooms in the bathroom or in the dugout for us, which is really big for girls. Very nice. they, put in, they put in probably 200 more seats, and we would fill them up, especially on home games. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the stadium right now as we speak. Uh, I, I brought it up on the on my screen, and I'll tell you what, it's really – did you, what kind of money did they end up putting into that? Do you actually know what they ended up spending on that? I have no idea because our hitting facility was built by Cotter, Cotter Construction, and he did everything. They built us a new locker room. We are completely spoiled. The new locker room had a kitchen. It was like a, a mini condo. You got your huge locker. Um, you got your stool that went with it. Your picture went up top of it with your last name and your number. Just completely spoiled. So I would say it was a few million dollars that they dumped into it easily. So now you start out this year, you know, right out with the Big Bang, of course. You know, I don't know if anybody who all followed you, but, you know, you actually sustained an injury uh, this year too. So that kind of – how did that how did that uh, affect you as far as, you know, being a senior and everything? How did it actually feel to you when that happened to you? You know, you received an injury that was going to make a big difference in your season. Well, it's not the way I pictured my senior year going, of course. But um, my first weekend in Vegas, had a really good weekend, pumped about the season. Then the second weekend, we traveled down to Florida. And the first game of the first at bat, I come up with bases loaded. And the Missouri pitcher just jams me inside, and my thumb crushes against the bat. It tears the tendons and ligaments in my thumb. So I was out the rest of the weekend. Um, My father had to take me to get an x-ray done. When we got back to school, you know, I saw a hand specialist. It was supposed to be in a cast, but I wanted to push through because I want to try and play. I mean, it's my senior year. But I was in a brace for a couple weeks, took a couple weeks off, and then I tried coming back, and my hand was never the same. And it was just – it was mentally frustrating more than anything to know that it was my senior year, it was my last hoorah, and I'm hurt. Right, so – The mental – yeah, the mental side is the worst. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I, uh, you know, my daughter, I mean, she just played three, three ball, but she was, you know, really, really enjoyed playing uh, softball. And, and when they went down, they kick off their season down in, uh, well, that, that last year they kicked off down in Florida, and she incurred like a, a an ankle injury uh, down there. And as it turned out, you know, within a couple of days, she was pretty well recovered from it, but she was just, right. I just remember her being sick that that was going to ruin her whole season and that. Exactly. So, yeah. And when you're away at school, ball is, it's your life. It is. Like I know we have academics and everything, but I've invested so much of it and my family's invested in so much for me to play softball that it was just, it was devastating to have an injury my senior year. And it was a hard recovery yeah. and I, I'm still recovering from it. I just got out of my cast two weeks ago and um, finally starting to swing again, trying to rehab it. Now, one of the questions I asked Brittany, actually, when we were talking today, and she actually knows that I'm going to ask her this question, is have you have you even considered playing for the pros? So would you like to kind of share what you, um, your goals are? Well, there's a lot of things, Brittany, actually, that, we talked about that we're kind of missing, but we'll, right. we'll kind of get back to it. But 
you know, you, you we talked today about that, and you, know, you actually have some goals to to go a little bit farther than just college. Oh, of course. So I my goal was to make it to college. So once I made it to college, and once I made it at the Division One level, you know, the next step is to play pro. And I had my heart set on going pro as soon as May ended. As soon as we got out of regionals, I was going to head to tryouts, um, whether it be by invitation or an open tryout. My heart was completely set on it, but there's no way that I could have went and gave it 100% with my hand. Akron Racers is close to us, so that's who my heart was set on. But my goal next year is to go try out. I think I can do it. Um, I have the support staff from Louisville and my family behind me, so I think I can go make the team next year. Well, you know, ain't Louisville the school, and I'm not 100% sure, but ain't ain't Louisville, ain't they one of the schools that will not let their stats out on their players during their season or something? Or is it a different college? Nope, um, they do not. So do you think maybe dad, they will release them for you? So when if you try out for Akron, they might actually you can ask them if you can have them. Yeah, I would assume so. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't because my career is done with Louisville. But if I wanted my stats, like my dad would have to keep track of what I'm doing for me because they would not release stats to us. They didn't want us to worry hmm. about numbers, which is which is a good thing. But me being so passionate about hitting, I like the numbers part of it. It, does, it doesn't get to my head. I just like to know where I stand and what I need to work on. Right. Right. I, you know, now, you know, I don't know, Brittany, do you actually know Joe Abrams? Have you ever met Joe? Um, I cannot remember if I have. I feel like I have. I know your name, definitely. <laughs> I, I don't know if we've met or not, but uh, we probably have. So right. <laughs> you probably. I'm sure you saw her play sometime during her high school career, Joe. Well, you know that that um, those were the years that I was in um, Spokane, Washington. Oh, Washington. So ah, you know, so yeah. the, the 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 ladies that are about her age. You know, if there's any group that I don't know as well, it's that group because before that, right. you know, when when she was like say in junior high, I was coaching travel and high school ball in Columbus and. But those few years I was gone is when Brittany would have been in high school. So, you know what, not not to change, I'm not changing the subject, but if you go to um, the ACC, like the schools like Louisville that don't release their stats or don't put them up on their website, the the league always does. So if you go to the ACC softball yes, site, they do. You, you, you can find everybody's stats. So, uh, But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know Brittany's dad, so I've probably met Brittany, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope you do. I, I hope that you can, you know, uh, make that next step you want to make, Brittany, and, and play at the pro level. Uh, I can tell you what, I've watched them play, and they can definitely use a heck of a bat. I can tell you that right yes. now. So. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, if someone said there wasn't a place for you to play, I'm like, okay, well, I can put her someplace. And I'll tell you what, you need to stick. <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know, a lot of people ain't aware of everything you're doing. And, you know, we actually saw somebody, and I know you're actually on the chat board at the same time. And, you know, uh, there have been a couple of comments put up there, you know, about hundreds of young ladies that, you know, southwestern Ohio that look up to you as a role model. I tell you, how do you accept in that as being a role model? And what have you personally you've had to change your have you had to change anything because you're where the young young little girls are looking up to you Brittany 
Well, um, I know my father's listening right now, so he did <laughs> the best thing for me when I was little. So when I was in high school, he actually made me start instructing with the swing. So the girls that would come in, I was working with them as well. So I would work and they would work together. Now coming back home, I love coming home. I have so much support from all the hitters, going to tournaments like lasers and stingrays. I get so much support from the people back home. I absolutely love it. And now being a full-time instructor, it just it's, it's awesome. It's the most wonderful feeling that I could have is that people will look up to me with the success I've had. And I love sharing what I've done, and I'm hoping that I can help them. It's just, it's an awesome feeling. Very right. Cool. Now, you actually involved in, you are, do you actually work, your dad uh, with Tim, are you actually working uh, with him? Is he still doing hitting instruction as well? Yep. We're doing hitting instruction five days a week. So that keeps yeah. you pretty busy. Yes, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, I, I I don't know, you know, that all our listeners are on or people who listen to the podcast later, that you're also coaching now as well. Uh-huh. I'm helping with the Miami Express 18U goal team. So we've been traveling to some of the big tournaments, Pinsbury, Atlanta, um, and trying to get these girls um, into college, trying to get them seen. So I have um, – I help with them. I help them make their profiles, help them format their emails. Um, Putting their, uploading their videos on YouTube so they can send it to college coaches. So I'm kind of helping them, guiding them to get to college. Because all the girls that play on our team, their answer is yes, I want to go to college. Which is awesome because I want to see everyone that wants to play college softball. It's the best experience. So I want them to reach that level too. Yeah, what, I mean, what, did you, uh, what did you major in in college, Brittany? Uh, physical education and Okay. I wish there was a college coaching degree, but there is not. <laughs> <laughs> is that your goal? Is that your goal, longer-term goal? You want to be a college coach? Yes, I want to be a collegiate coach. That is my ultimate goal that I want to keep working for. And I'm going back to Louisville my fifth year to be a student assistant and I'm talking with uh, Coach P, Coach Pearsall. She's going to help me get my foot in the door and hopefully find me a position somewhere. How do you like, how do you like, I'd really how do you be like careful Michigan? there because you know, – oh, I'm sorry. I'd really be careful putting out that you want to be a coach because I know somebody that's looking for an assistant coach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you could you could, uh, you could start at the, that, the same salary a lot of the, the new coaches start at. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to get on ramen noodles. So Right, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. In there. No, that was it. I just, you know, you know, we were just talking earlier before you came on uh, about uh, Joe's, Joe's search for an assistant coach up at Hillsdale. But uh, the, uh, <laughs> you, you probably make less money there than you do a part-time, uh, part-time hitting coach, I'm sure. Yeah, that may be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brady, you know, now, of course, you know, uh, we started a, a, a new thing here last year. I think last year was our first year for is we had a um, perfect bracket contest uh, for the Women's College Real Series. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We had one out. And Jeff, how many participants did we have involved in that last year? I think both years we were right around about 15 or so. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're trying to uh, pick a perfect bracket. Now, uh, they're really – 
everybody had to beat Joe, of course, right? This year we changed it up a lot. But I, I will have to admit, I think we talked a lot about Louisville Cardinals and Brittany last year because of the bracket contest, didn't we, quite a bit during that time? Yeah, some. They're definitely uh... – yeah, you know, some the big supporters of of you and and the, and the team there uh, in the uh, in the forum and 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 on the show. So now one of the things I I did want to talk about that maybe you know, athletes might be unaware of. Now, Brittany, you actually did something. You transferred uh, from did. one school to another. Now, I know that had to be a little bit of a bummer, but. You know, a lot of people don't really understand what happens when you transfer, like what, you know, you done. Would you like to explain what happened yeah. to you and how it all worked out for you? Um, so I started my first um, two years at Valparaiso in Indiana. And it just, the school was a great fit for me, just the softball was not. So I just couldn't see myself spending another two years there. So when you transfer, you come, you have to get out of compliance first. There's just a whole bunch of paperwork behind it. So basically, NCAA, their compliance department has to release you. So once they release you, then you can begin going on tours of other universities. And I went to a couple, I went to Miami of Ohio, went to Ohio State, um, just trying to find a new home. My last, my last college visit was in the beginning of August, and it was in Louisville. Immediately fell in love. Um, Coach Pearsall was very accepting of me. She loves to hit, and of course, that's what I want to do. And it just it felt right. The only downfall of transferring is because I'm an education major. Is I went from Indiana State standards to Kentucky State standards, and I lost about a year of schooling. So that's why I have to go back and finish my fifth year with no eligibility to play softball. So basically, because of you know you deciding you wanted to go to another school. I guess that could happen when you're when you're working on a degree too. You would need to transfer to different schools because you could have the same thing happen to you, right? Or yes, yes, that normally okay. happens with um, your graduate because some schools only offer certain majors, and then you have to transfer for a graduate program. But it's hard with an undergrad. Valpo Valparaiso was such a small school that you went straight into your major. It was only four thousand undergrads. Louisville has close to thirty-two thousand. So going straight into my major, I definitely lost some of my core classes. That was really only the downfall. Looking At the time, I was really nervous on how I was going to get my schooling done. But now that I'm in my fifth year, I have no regrets. And it was the best decision I could have made for myself. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that once you realize you was going to lose a year of eligibility, um, that, you know, you would, you would hope that it would turn out the way it did for you. Right. That, yeah, at the uh, time it was. At the time it was. It was not looking good. <laughs> but, but did you have a chance of? Ahead, yeah. Did it happen? Did the injury happen too late, Brittany? That you wouldn't. Have, you would have been able to redshirt or anything. Yeah, it happened too late. It happened too yeah. late in the season. Because I already played too many games, and that was the most frustrating part. Mhm. So you know, John Kelly. Uh, uh, you know, he's from the West Coast. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to listen to the show or not, Brittany, but John Kelly, he's from the West Coast. And I would imagine you probably would have had to play some players that he's been involved with at one time or another 
John, would you, did you have any questions or anything you wanted to ask Brittany? No, it's it's it's, it's great to hear your story. Um, I, I coach for the next level out here. We have kids playing at North Carolina State, uh, Georgia Tech, um, three kids, the one, two, three hitters at, at Pittsburgh, uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame. So you probably okay. faced a lot oh, of yeah. the – uh, Laura Winter was our was our girl, and uh, she's now she, she the story that probably will will excite you. You know, Laura finished at Notre Dame, and she right. had uh, she had labrum surgery on her her shoulder, and she was out for a while. She actually coached with our twelve year olds a year ago in the <laughs> summer because she wanted to play, you know, for the NPF and um, couldn't. So she took the job at Fordham as pitching coach. And then she was finally healthy enough in the springtime to start throwing. So she actually has been playing with the Akron Racers. Uh, she was pitching up in Colorado. I saw her during uh, Sparkler and Fireworks. And uh, she was so excited to get back out there and throw. Because, I mean, myself, uh, kind of like you, I, I played in college and uh, pitcher and ultimately tore my elbow up. And that kind of ended my career. So I can understand the frustration of uh Right. In my case, I lost my entire senior year, and I was being scouted to be drafted. And I'm old enough that we talk about Tommy John surgery, and in my era, Tommy John was just recovering from his own surgery, so we didn't call it Tommy John surgery, and insurance didn't cover that operation. And uh, so I hope you'll get the opportunity to to get back out there and play with the NPF. I know several of the, of the girls who play in that league, and they really enjoy it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. Hopefully that opportunity will come up for you for for next summer to play. Thank you. Yeah, how about you? Uh, except for maybe one some of that air conditioner, air conditioning condo stuff going on there with you. I mean, any questions you want to ask, Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing that a lot of one question I get a lot of times, and I don't always have a good answer, is from recruits. Well, how do, how does our how does your daily schedule as a D two athlete differ from say a big time D one athlete? And you know, I tell them, well, you know, I know what our schedule is, but I, I don't know exactly what they're doing at Louisville or you know Notre Dame or wherever. So I mean, just what you know on a typical day, whether in the fall or in well, maybe in the fall because in the spring we got games. But so what what would be a typical day for you in the fall at Louisville as a player? So the first two weeks of fall is the worst time of your life. Like you're up at 5 a.m., you're running by 6, you are lifting by 7, and then you're in class by 8. So it's literally three hours before people even wake up to go to class that you are running, that you're lifting, you know, you're working to get in shape for softball. So my class schedule in the fall was I had class from 8 to 2, and then practice was between 3 and 5. But on top of all of that, you know, your trainers want you to do extra work. If you need to rehab, you have to get that in there. If you want to do extra cuts, extra reps on the field, um, extra workouts, you have to fit all of that into one day. And then when you get out of practice about 6, 6.30, you still have homework. I took 19 credits, and I still have, they say times it by two, that's how many hours of homework you're going to have. And you still have to do all of that and be in bed by 10 and get up and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Now, the nice thing about Louisville is you had weekends off. So that was that was a gift from heaven. <laughs> you needed those two days to get your life back together. 
Yeah, I think that's you know that that type of schedule is what we you know hear a lot of times, and that you know that that is more than than we ask the girls on our team to do. I mean, they're certainly very busy, but right. uh, you know it's not up at five a.m. every day, and uh, you know <laughs> the, so it's not. I, I guess the extra work, the the quote unquote right. vol- the voluntary work, quote unquote. Yep. There's not as much of that that we Voluntary do. Voluntary um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we got four hours a day, and, you know, we have a hard time even getting up to that. And anything beyond that, that, uh, you know, that's just, we don't even push that, really, so. Correct. Yep. I know at, uh, at Georgia Tech, where I've done trainings, uh, I was there last November, the, the kids all had a key to the indoor cage, and they would be, encouraged to hit and some of them were hitting like you know 12 1 o'clock 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes <laughs> just because yep. they finish homework and they'd be all wired and they just go hit for an hour you know yep the best time of the year is finals week because the week before finals and when you're reading games can't have any mandatory softball none so it's all just you can go and work when you want just sit on your exams now, exams in the spring is a different situation because normally you're going to tournament time around exams. So you're trying to work with your professors. You're trying to move dates because you're going to travel unless you're hosting a tournament. Hey, Brittany, we were talking a little bit earlier before you came on a little bit about uh, tryouts and that, and we, we definitely want to talk some about that in the next several weeks, because as you know, the you know a lot of the travel organizations have their tryouts coming in August, and you know there was some folks online that were kind of asking uh, any advice uh, for either either players or parents. I, I was wondering if you would want to throw out any any words of advice from yourself. So coming from a from somebody that right. you know went went through the process and is now involved in coaching yourself. Right. So coming from college, um, I left my parents at home. You know, it's just how it is. I'm on my own. Now, I know it's hard for, you know, 9 to 18-year-olds to leave their parents at home, but I don't like to deal with parents, especially when I'm coaching the girls. If I'm telling a girl one thing and her parents telling her another thing, it's just it's contradicting, and a girl is most likely to choose her parents over me. So I don't, I don't like to do anything with parents. We don't let our parents do anything but bringing them to the tournament. Once they get to the tournament, they're ours they're our responsibility to coach. We have our girls, they have to send out five letters a week to colleges. And it's not their parents are sending it out for them. They have to CC me in an email that they're the ones sending it out from their own email address. If they don't have an email address when they start, they have to make one. Mm-hmm. So personally, I'm just, I think, you know, parents, I mean, my family has given me so much. I appreciate it. But looking, I mean, looking back now and looking at parents, how they're acting with their kids, it's just I don't like to deal a lot with the parents. I just want to work with the kids. I don't want to coach both of them. Well, she's definitely going to be a D1 coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's my mentality, and I, I came Louisville has engraved that in me that, you know, your parents, it's not you. It's you and your teammates and your coaches, and that's all you need to play ball. I bet there's a lot of coaches out there that would like it to be that way, but they just they right. just can't make it that way, you know, because when they right. try to, they get so much slack from, you know, a parent that they kind of back down. I, I think that's, I, you know, I mean, I, I actually, to be honest, I don't know if I was ever as hardcore as you are, Brittany, how that was, <laughs> if I had parents around, but, I mean, 
You know, nowadays with the way uh, uh, some parents do act and behave, I, I actually think that's the way to go. Right. Um, and I like parents. I mean, I'm more than happy to talk to parents, like, in between games or after a tournament. That's fine, but don't come in the dugout during a game and try and coach your daughter. That's not why you paid to have her on this team. But, I mean, similar, <laughs> right. Similarly, we coaches are not going to the parents' workplace on Monday to try to tell them how to do their job or do their exactly. job for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's really – I mean, even when I coached Buckeye Heat, I can guarantee you there weren't any parents coming in our dugout because they right. knew – they knew if they even approached the dugout, they were going to get a death stare from me, and they didn't want to deal with that. So, Right. And, I mean, college coaches pick up on that. Um, I don't know who said it earlier, but the bat bag thing, that is awful at that level. Um, it travel all over to see the parents pick up the bags for the girls. They don't want to see that. And that's the number one thing on a team. You have to carry your own equipment. Yeah, I, I actually, Jeff, I, I'm sorry, not Jeff, but Joe's brought that up before that, right. you know, when he's talking to uh, potential athletes and their parents, he will kind of, you know, kind of weigh a little bit on the side of the player a little bit, especially when the parents are a little bit to the other side, wouldn't you, Joe? Because, you know, you still want the, the kid to respect your parent and everything, but you understand that sometimes the parents just get a little bit overboard. Well, no, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, in the recruiting process, of course you're going to deal with parents. I mean, you, you, know, you can't go completely the other way and say you're never, you know, going to talk to a parent, you know, of a 17-year-old or, or now 13-year-old or whatever girl. But, um, um, but, yeah, like I just had, a, you know, a girl visit yesterday and another one tomorrow. And if the parents are trying to dominate the conversation, that isn't going to work. And, you know, I, I, I do a subtle thing where all when I'm talking, I'll look at the, at the girl rather than the parent. And then if the parent still doesn't get the clue, at some point I'll just flat out tell dad, hey, dad, I need to talk to her. You're not going to be here in one or two right. years. You know, right. not, not, I don't mean to be rude, but I got to talk to, you know, uh, Emma or, you know, whoever it is sitting there. So, you know, let, let me talk to her some and let or more important, let her talk for herself. I just flat out tell him so. You know, and they seem to respect that. So now, Brittany, so so you're working with a lot of kids and stuff, and you're coaching now, and, you know, we have uh, a lot of young ladies that will be uh, facing tryouts for 10s and 12 and 14 and under um, age group. Um, I, I know you probably have went through that process somewhat yourself, um, not as far as a coach's view, but as as a player. Uh, what advice do you have for the young ladies out there that will be gearing up and getting ready for tryouts? What advice do you have for them besides leaving so, their parents at home? <laughs> right, which uh, that cannot happen a lot of times. But um, so when I was younger, uh, my father made me go to five, six tryouts a year, even if I was staying with the same organization. I played with Miami Valley Express from 11U to 15U, but every year I still went to five, six tryouts. You know, it's getting in front of different coaches and getting in front of different people and playing your game. A different set of eyes on you can make a difference. If a girl never goes just to one tryout a year and then she comes to one tryout the next year, she's going to be so nervous that she can't worry about playing ball. Just tryouts is about, you know, showing what you have, 
and I get it, they're nerve-wracking, I do, but we try to make our tryouts fun and almost game-like. So they're going to be doing the front toss. They're going to be taking, um, we put them in a huge infield, and we have them making plays, not just hitting reps at them. We do hit reps at them, but we like to see them in situations, like what they're going to do in a game. Jeff, did you have any questions about that? I just wanted to kind of cover that since we're going to be talking yeah, about no, that here. Yeah, no, nothing else. Nothing else here. I know we'll have a – hopefully we'll have Brittany on a lot more shows. We'll be able to talk a lot more with her, too, about her experiences and, and, and advice and everything, too. So it's really great having you on and, 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 and being able to contribute like this. So. Oh, no, pleasure's all mine. Thank you. And, you know, Brittany, of course, you know, um, I, I guess and you're saying because your, da- your dad you, – your dad – spend so much time with you working on hitting and developing your hitting part of the game and you're, you know, you're playing the game and uh, educating you and stuff. I mean, when you, that, that probably had to be one of the toughest things, didn't it? When, because now basically, you know, the leader for you, your main support, Tim and Debbie, okay, right. are now, you know, they're taking a back seat. You know, right. they've watched their young lady grow up, and, you know, now she's doing her own thing. Um, you know, I bet you when you look back at that, you really just have to really thank yourself that you were so fortunate to get Tim and Debbie as your parents. Right, I do. And I'm I'm very fortunate to my parents, and I love them unconditionally. Uh, I'm blessed to share all that experience with my father. And then when my mom came, it was awesome because no matter what I did, mom was like, it's okay, it's okay. But it was just me and dad traveling. That was a different story. <laughs> we, know Tim's yes, listening. we know Tim's listening tonight, too. So some night when he's not on, let us know, and we'll, we'll get the straight scoop there. That'd be the straight scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I know Tim's uh, very supportive. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and I always think that, you know, you know, you have some parents that, you know, their daughters play softball. And, you know, Brittany, I'm sure you've seen that, and I know Jeff has seen that. John. You have some parents, they're just there. They support their daughter as far as, like, okay, she goes to a hitting coach or, you know, she goes to a, a pitching coach or she goes to special uh, stuff to learn her fielding. But I think there's a special bond when, you know, the father and the daughter actually spent so much time together developing that skill. And I think that's something special that you, you know, when it's all over with and done in softball, that's the one thing that stands out more than anything is the fact that the relationship you ended up having with your father. I have a saying that a father, okay, only has one opportunity with his daughter because once your daughter grows up and marries – you know, uh, you know, you are no longer, you know, her guy. You know, it's just so. You know, and I've always felt that's kind of the way it works. Now, I could be wrong, but that's kind of how it worked for me, anyway. So I don't know about no, anybody else, but that's it. <laughs> he. He will always be my rock. He will. He was there through everything, and I can't thank him enough for that. And I can't thank my mother enough for supporting. And, you know, staying at home when she needed to with the dog and um, just making sacrifices for me to get me to this level. One thing I will say about my father is he prepared me for college. And I went to college mentally tough. And that's what you have to be in college, mentally tough. 
So what what was if the one thing you know I, I don't really want to separate your two different schools you know as far as a player, but was when you went to Louisville and made that next step, was there anything you really you like? Oh my gosh, I, I can't believe the difference. Was there anything um, that stood out to you right away that you know? The equipment. The game pays faster. The game pays no, faster. The, no. The equipment was ridiculous. It also, I mean, it was a small D one, you know, so we didn't get that much. Like we had personal choice of cleats and our gloves. So um, my parents had to buy that stuff for me. When I went to Louisville, everything was given to me. Everything in that first week, and it was awesome because I didn't experience that for two years. But, and then I got to practice. Practices, he picked up a little bit, but it wasn't a huge difference. And pitching-wise, I mean, it wasn't, it was a big difference with movement, not with speed. It's the higher levels you see, the more movement you see. So, the, now, you know, I know nowadays, like, a lot of the colleges, the D1 schools, they all have, like, major sponsors, like, you know, different shoe companies. I mean, I think is it the Oregon Ducks? I think they're actually sponsored by Nike, ain't they? Uh huh. And Louisville's yeah. Adidas. All Adidas. Is that who? Okay. So you got major sports brands and companies uh, backing this. Now you know I, I know Brittany. I, I told you you know we go to about fifteen till with you, and <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's good uh, conversation. We. Uh, well, we got to, here's the thing that I, I wanted to, to kind of ask you. Okay. Softball, when you started, okay, and where mm-hmm. softball is today. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. The future of softball is really something. Ain't it? I mean, it's it's just growing and it leaps and bounds. Right. When I, I mean, started, I'm looking, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Jeff um, does that started, to me all the time anyway. <laughs> when I started in 11U, there was probably only six or seven teams. Um, there was Express, which I played on, the Lasers, the Doom, uh, Wolfpack, the Madness, um, Nightmare. And that was, you know, that was really it. And then we just traveled and we followed each other to tournament, beating the out of each other. But now there's so many new teams. And I don't even know how many is in the Dayton area now. But it's just expanded and it's grown so much. And kids are starting to get lessons at eight, nine years old. That never even crossed my mind when I was eight, nine years old. Like, I didn't start fast pitch till I was 11. Yeah, and now, you know, with with the – and it seems like with the fact that you just look at all the TV coverage we had last year – and again, this year was even more for the College World Series, uh, Women's World Series, and they're talking about even doing more next year. So, right. you know, I keep telling everybody, you know, that, hey, if you if you're not watching it, you know, you need to be watching it because I I look to see that continue. Now, John Kelly brought up an interesting point here a few shows ago about the fact we were talking about college softball, and he was talking about the fact that he sees it becoming more regional, that, you know, your schools are going to be having more and more regional uh, 
players probably playing at them schools. And uh, I don't know, John, was you thinking that because it's just the fact that the talent level across the country is getting there to where they don't have to be searching quite as far for the talent anymore? Yeah, I think it's a combination of what I've heard, you know, from college coaches and then what I've seen. In fact, just coming back from, you know, two national tournaments at uh, Sparkler and Fireworks, Independence Day Tournament in Boulder, and then Triple Crown Nationals in Reno this past week. Um, the talent level has gotten so much better everywhere. Uh, and I think that combined with the fact that, you know, college coaches are fighting at the NFCA level to have less showcases, a shorter recruiting period. They can have a personal life, you know, because of so much traveling to so many events that I think that the, and I think what, what, what triggered that comment on the show was a comment made by the CEO of Triple Crown Sports, Dave King, saying that the SEC, at least their uh, statistics with their rosters in softball, where they recruited those kids from is depending upon the school more and more than we're recruiting anywhere from 75 to 90% of their kids from 500 miles from their school. And I think what's happening in softball now is that the talent is getting so good. And then athletes like Brittany are going back to their hometown and they're bringing that skill level of teaching, hitting and teaching, pitching and teaching how to play the game. So all over the country, the level of the game from 12 U certainly at 18 gold has gotten better and allows college coaches to say, hey, maybe I've got an advantage if I can really recruit within a 500-mile radius of Louisville or from, you know, Alabama or from, um, you know, a place like uh, 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 Chattanooga or somewhere. Uh, now I don't need to go to California to recruit. Now I don't need to go, you know, to Florida to recruit. And I think that's good for the sport because it creates more – like football has been that way for years where they're – they're going to recruit in their own backyard first, but until maybe in the last five years, fast pitch hasn't been good enough most of the country for coaches at the college level to be able to recruit that way. And I think if it's not there everywhere, it's certainly getting there in a lot of regions, and it will continue to get that way, I think, across the country, more regionalized. Yeah, I actually, one of the reasons I brought that up is because, like Brittany was talking about, she would like to have an opportunity uh, in her career to play at the pro level, and, and I really believe that the pros are going to really be super successful. It's going to have to be more regionalized, you know, like I think that's what it's going to have to be. So kind of like if it comes to the point to where the colleges are getting their players from a more regional area, I think that actually gives the pros a more of an opportunity to have growth because one of the things we just talked about on this show is the fact that all the girls in the southwestern part of Ohio look up to Brittany. Now, Brittany's on the field playing, and they had a, and she played for whatever franchise they would have in Cincinnati. If they had a team there, she would have her own little group of followers that would want to watch Brittany play. So I think there, there, being more regional might actually, you know, open up more opportunities at all levels than just not at college alone. Well, you know what? It's 9 o'clock. I know, Brittany, I said I'd have – I told you about the time. So, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I think you really – to me, you felt pretty comfortable. I, it didn't seem like yeah. it. Uh, I mean, you know, so anyway, um, we're, the show's in an hour show. And, Brittany, I appreciate you being on tonight. And um, we hope, uh, you know, once you think about it and debate a little bit, you can come on the show more often. Because I'll tell you yeah, right now, you actually – okay – and we always say when John and Joe's on, right, that we usually always do pretty good. 
as far as retaining listeners, but mm-hmm. we retain more listeners throughout this whole show than we. And I'm not talking about championship broadcast. I'm just talking about Tuesday night show. You have actually broke the record. We actually was at 24 oh, wow. live listeners, which is you know now a lot of people say is that it, but really that's a lot. I mean, right? Uh, so you know you actually broke broke the record. So. Uh, not only do you hold some batting records, now you actually hold the official record of the first guest to actually keep us above 21 for the whole show and actually, you know, get them numbers up a little bit. So we appreciate you being on tonight and looking forward to uh, maybe spending some more time with you. John, as always, appreciate having you on tonight. And uh, whatever you're doing in the next week, uh, what are you planning on doing? Anything? Uh, nope, just doing my instruction and... Um... That's about it. <laughs> All right. And, John, uh, we appreciate having you on board tonight. Yeah, uh, what are you going to be doing for next week? Uh, we're getting some of our teams ready for PGF Nationals, so I'll be out there working with our 14-goal uh, team and our 16-goal team. Our 18, uh, One of our 18 teams starts PGF on Saturday, but uh, we'll just be uh, doing that. I'll be doing recruiting, and uh, I'll get time off at some point, <laughs> but not for the next few weeks. <laughs> so, Jeff, uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate having the time to uh, spend this weekend with you up in Buffalo and getting to do the the broadcasting of the game. And uh, and, uh, and I really do have to say, I think you're getting really great at it. So, what well, do you have planned for this week? You're not going to go to you're not going to go to any broadcasting schools or anything, are you? Uh, no, no. I'm trying to get some golf in. Probably. I, I actually I got back from uh, Niagara Falls on uh, Monday. And I actually got in a round of golf uh, Monday afternoon when I got home. So hope to do a little more of that. But uh, I want to, before we sign off, I want to just give a shout out to two different, uh, uh, two different folks here. Uh, first, I wanted to shout out Dave Myers and the, uh, the whole Aunt Rosie's tournament. Uh, you know, we get, you and I got a you know, chance to visit with Dave. He's a big supporter of the forum, a big supporter of the, of the radio show. And, and, uh, you know, he does a heck of a job running a tournament. That's, you know, I would really urge teams that are out there, um, you know, looking for tournaments for next year to try to get into one of uh, Dave's tournaments out there in Western New York. It's, you know, it's science. They got a great facility there. Dave, Dave knows what he's doing. He's got a good support staff to help him there. Uh, good, really good communications, um, and it's a chance to really play some teams. You know. Do we see some a few better teams, you know, in some of the other tournaments we've been in, like Aunt Rosie's or whatever? Yeah, probably. But there was a really solid group of teams there. Um, you go, you go somewhere like that. Um, you know, I, I know my daughter. You know, I mentioned my daughter went there when she was 15 and 16, and it was nice to play teams. You know, they bring in a lot of teams there, not only from New York but Pennsylvania, Canada. You know, uh, there was a Michigan team there. There was a few Ohio teams. So it's good to see some. Some kind of kind of some fresh blood, and uh, you know Dave again did a great job, and and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to to be there. So shout out to Dave. The other, I just wanted to also shout out a uh, uh, a 10U team, Ricky. That uh, we had, you know, I always ask for players of the week and things like that. And um, uh, Matt Bailey, his uh, uh, his daughter plays on the, uh, uh, he's an assistant coach as well on the Stingrays 04 team, which is absolutely one of the top teams in Ohio. And uh, they just came back from uh, down at uh, Myrtle Beach. They were in the uh, the WFC World Fast Pitch Connection Summer Nationals there. And they, they won that. They were 8-0. Uh, 
Uh, their record on the season is now 88, and, 88 wins and 11 losses, and they're going to be going to, uh, to Normal, Illinois, to participate in the ASA-USA National Tournament here soon. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to their team and just recognize uh, uh, the coaches and players there real quickly. Uh, head coach of that team is Mark George, assisted by Mike Jellison and, and Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, the players on the team, um, we got number two, Kernan Bailey, uh, number nine, Madison Jellison, number 10, Jordan George, number 22, Dakota Stefan, number 99, Emma Calkins, number 13, Kaylin Hopp, number 56, Sydney Payton, number 10, number 00, Samantha Bell, number one, Hannah Hunt, and number 23, Stevie Asher. So just want to give us, so it's just great to, to see such a young team do so well and and, uh, you know, Matt's a big supporter, and he's, uh, uh, I know he's on here, you know, looking for advice and then appreciating the feedback and that. So I just wanted to, to do a little shout-out to uh, to that team today. Thanks. I appreciate that, Jeff. So anyway, it's this time of the show when it's time to clear off the diamond. Grab your bags <laughs> and equipment, shuffle the girls, get them in their cars, and head home. This all falls nope. in. Radio show episode Tuesday night, seven twenty one, two thousand fifteen is over. Everybody say good night. Have a good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Until next week. Bye bye.